Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show and podcast on 101.7 FM WKOM. We are going to have a great show today, Mike. We have got some guests in the audience, the, somebody that's new to the Big Yellow School Bus, and I'm just going to go in order here, and, and we're going to introduce to you real quick, Mr. My, Dr. Michael Steele. We're going to call him Dr. Steele on the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Steele. Thank you for having me, sir. You are the new principal at our Columbia Central High School. That's correct. Welcome to Middle Tennessee, Columbia. And we're going to learn a little bit about you and some of the history and some of the things you've done and, and what brought you to Columbia, Tennessee. Moved up to Tennessee, Nashville um, about 12 years ago. I uh, was working in Nashville, at a, in the school district in Nashville, and came over to Columbia one year, uh, about five years ago, for a football game, and loved the atmosphere, loved the people. And um, Was that the Stratford versus Central game Stratford I heard about? Stratford versus Central. We, uh, Stratford lost last minute. It was a great game. I got a chance to really see the Columbia uh, Central and the fans and talk to a lot of even some of the students. And I just uh, I went home that night and I said, if that school ever opens up, I'm going to go for it. And here I am. All right. I heard some other interesting history, and we'll get to that in just a minute, okay? Um, I also want to welcome to the show Miss Tanya Potts. She is the principal at Cox Middle School. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Tanya, I wanted to let our listening audience know about this great new logo you guys have on your um, your website right now. I don't know who made it, but I love it compared to the other one, um, that, which was just basically a C, right? Correct. Yeah, so this has got a... a cougar on it is that right it, it maintained the sea but it actually has the cougar uh, i guess sort of placed in there with the sea so it's a little more a little more school specific yeah i really like it and it came with different renditions and different versions and different shapes and sizes i really like that so kudos to the whoever designed it for you it's a well done logo looks really good i'm so, gonna i'm gonna give a shout out real quick if you don't mind yeah um we go with life touch mm-hmm. for our yearbook and they are actually the ones who made that happen for us. They put me in contact with a graphic designer, and they covered the entire cost of that for us. That is great, because if, if you look on our website, on our um, district photos for all of our um, uh, directors and executives and supervisors, they did our photos also. And because they have contracts with most of our schools in the district, they also did it, didn't charge us, came and set up two days and then took those photos. I think I got a picture of you in there. And of course, I took yours, Dr. Steele, and I green screened it and put that great background on it. It turned out really good. Turned out well. My kids wanted to be critical of it, but they'll be fine. Yeah, it's a little critical. There's a little bit of room for error on a bat and a green screen, but it still is a great way to do it. I think what we're going to do in the future is just buy a get a background that's just the one we want to use, and then make sure we have the uh, the right lighting for the room so we can just take photos on our own. The green screen was a great idea. I got the idea from Columbia Central High School Media Center. I said, "Wow, look at that big green curtain! What a great idea." green screening. So I took advantage of it and I've used it many times. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun to play around for photography when you have time to do it. Um, but anyway, great logo. So let me go back to you, Dr. Steele, and let's let our listening audience learn a bit, a little bit about you. Now you, you said you came to this really cool football game and you happened to lose that one. Um, I can't imagine you like to losing, of course. I, I don't lose. I don't like to lose. Uh, um, there's nothing, uh, unless, 
I believe in winning or learning. Uh, don't really believe in losing. Right. And even in a, in a loss in a, in a sporting event, you learn from it and get better from it. Uh, that's correct. And so being and there was a fantastic game too. everything about the game was awesome. The, the whole environment was amazing. The uh, camaraderie after the game amongst the teams and the respect, the mutual respect. It was such a fantastic Friday night. But I was on the sideline speaking to parents, as I often do. And I I try to stand by myself in the end zone and Folks came up to me um, just to greet. They found out that I was the opposing principal, and it's just it, it touched me in a way that made me really want to seek this out when it became available. And lo and behold, it became available, and you are here now. I'm here and excited. Now, tell us a little bit about your past. You are a Marine. Former Marine, yes, sir. All right. What did you do in the Marines? Did you go... Many years? How many years were you a I Marine? did four years from 84 to 88, um, a couple different capacities in the Marine Corps. I ended up at the 4th Marine Division after going out to boot camp in Paris Island. I went out to California for some training and then back out to Coronado, California for a, a water water survival instructor training in Coronado. Oh, wow. Uh, pretty intense uh, pretty intense program. Uh, and then when I came back, I was stationed in the 4th Marine Division where I worked in the training office at the 4th Marine Division and did most of the um, most of the water survival training uh, for the naval and marine personnel in Louisiana. Wow, that sounds interesting. Um, and I, I'll say right up now, thank you for your service. Thank you. It's, it's admirable to anybody that takes that step to serve their country, and I honor that, and I thank you so much for that. So after the Marines— I believe you became something in law enforcement? I came back. I'm—, I'm uh, I was raised all over the place, but I, I ended up doing my high school years in Tallahassee, Florida. And I came back to came back home, and I went to the Law Enforcement Academy out there in Quincy, Florida. And then I worked a, after the academy. I worked a year at the Florida State University Police Department, and then I went down to Orlando, where I was a deputy sheriff uh, for nearly ten years. And in while those years were going on, I served in several capacities, which was uh, one included being a school resource officer. An SRO. Love SRO. it. Yeah. So um, that was kind of at the end of my tenure. And uh, I just knew that I I knew then that I wanted to be a principal. So at the time, I didn't even have a, a bachelor's degree yet. I just went home and I said, I'm going to go finish. And this is the path that I'm going to go down. My wife's always been cool about anything I've wanted to do, and um, she does wonder if I'm ever going to slow down, but that's not going to happen. So um, I went back to school, and then as soon as I had my first license, which was um, a guidance counselor license, I quit. I quit without a job on faith, and I went and I became a guidance counselor. Um, and then I did a short stint as a special education teacher, then assistant principal, and then a principal in Florida. And then 12 years ago, you know, my brother said, hey, you, you should come up here and check out Tennessee. And we love Tennessee, had been up here numerous times already. And just uh, I applied and got hired in Nashville. And I was at Stratford for 12 years and then now excited to be here at Columbia Central. That's pretty good uh, resume right there. I can see why they hired you. Also, um, you you were an SRO, and you were at a principal's retreat recently, and we, I attended it with you. And we had a fantastic presentation from our SROs, and it was just made me really think about the cool things that we do to help keep our kids safe. 
Yeah. You know, locking doors, making sure teach classrooms are locked and, and, you know, making sure we're aware of when visitors are in the building and stuff. So I really appreciated that. And, and I think the principals there that day, and of course you were there, Tanya. Um, it's, it's a real, it's real. We need to make sure we follow those policies and we do. And it keeps our kids safer. We, uh, we are really blessed in our county to have SROs in every building, Yeah, but also the quality of the SROs we have. Um, I was with a group of my teachers a couple of days ago, and one of them had made the comment that um, you know we're seeing lots of video coming out of Uvalde now, and it, mm-hmm. it is so upsetting. But it it is nice to know that the men we have in our building with us, none of that would ever happen. That either of them would lay their life down in a moment for any child in that building. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's a real statement too. It is. It absolutely. We are blessed. And I think that goes with every SRO in this county. They're yes. amazing people. They, they do such a great job, and and the schools are doing such a great job of following the policies yes. because these are what keep our children safe. So I'm excited that you've been a Marine and you're in law enforcement because you understand these things more than most people because you've been in the other side where you're willing to do that and step forward and, and help and save somebody. So kudos and thank you again for your serving in law enforcement and being an SRO. I like that as um, most of the SROs are good friends of mine and I like when they let me go to the active shooter training and videotape. I get scared, and it's just training. Uh, Jack, I do a lot of speaking around the country, and I, I've, I've always said you, you need to get your principals and your SROs in the same room a couple times a year, um, if only to meet them. If only to meet them, not to really even engage in what your responsibility and my responsibility is. This is the first time I've ever seen it happen. So um, I love Miss Ventura's uh, vision and passion for that. I love the sheriff's vision and passion for that. And I've had a chance to meet uh, my two SROs and their young hard chargers. Uh, looking forward to working with them. And um, they both look high speed to me, and that's mm-hmm. what I like to be. Um, just hope they never have to use their skills and, and we never have to even go down that road. But I agree uh, with that. I'm so thankful for that meeting the other day. That is pretty cool. And, yes, you do have some great SROs there at um, Columbia Central High School. So talk, tell me a little bit more about your teaching history and what made you – you said you came here because, you know, you visited before and you met people from the community. And so now you're the principal of what seems to be one of the, one of the t- largest schools we have in our county, Columbia Central High School. What are your big plans? What are your thoughts about this job and moving into this your first year? Well, I just found out that our enrollment's up about 100, so it's getting bigger. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good uh, thing to have. Do you have the capacity? We have the capacity. Beautiful building. Kudos to who the everybody that was involved in that building. Just uh, couldn't be more thankful. To yeah, my kids that. went there with the old Central High School. <laughs> I um, taught in the old Central did you? High School. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 I was part of that force to get that building, and then <laughs> well, thank you. I left the classroom right <laughs> yeah. before we got to move in. So. Well, I, uh, you know, when I was at Stratford, and, and Stratford was an old school, and we put a $25 million renovation, so I kind of went through that whole process of, of building a new school. Um, so coming, just walking in and seeing this beautiful school, uh, was such a blessing uh, up front. It was. It's just really, really nice. Uh, and then, as you as you know, when you're a new principal, people start from all walks of life want to come see who you are and what you're going to do and what you're all about. 
And I just got to tell you, I'm a pretty trans. I'm the most transparent person I know. Uh, just don't believe in being anything but. Uh, the people have been phenomenal. The welcoming and the resources that have been already been offered and the support uh, been phenomenal. And so I, I couldn't be more thankful and grateful for that. Um, as far as the, vision, the new vision and new mission for Columbia Central, I want to I just want to make sure we're always celebrating the fantastic history of Central first. When folks start talking about, well, you got this issue and you got that issue, you got this issue, the adults and the former adults that ran that school and loved that school so much, it's entirely up to us about the atmosphere and the success of the school. If we are ready to go and love being there and excited every day, you say, well, can you be excited every day? Yes, you can. Even if you have to wait in your car and pray or meditate before you walk in that building to give those kids and each other every ounce of energy you have. I've told already, I've already told several staffs, we need to go home tired because this job requires everything physical, mental, emotional out of us on a daily basis. And I'm sure Ms. Paul today as a principal, people are coming to you to help them every day. Everybody that comes in your office needs you to be part of their life in some way to help them. And it's it's exactly. exhausting sometimes, but I love it, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, it's a... It's a wonderful job. It's a, it's a fantastic job. So I just think that we need to take a deep breath and start celebrating all the beautiful people in that building, students and staff, and all the great things that are happening and have happened. Everything else will improve because of that. Everything else. Well said. Yeah, very well said. Um, actually, gave me a little goosebumps listening to you and watching you say it because – I've seen it, you hear it, the passion in his voice. This is a real deal, man. This principal is going to knock it out of the park for Columbia Central High School, along with every principal in our district. Tanya's not in her head, and, 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 and Dr. Steele is not in his head. Mike, what do you think? I, I'm excited about what's, what's happening. I've heard all kinds of good things about Dr. Steele, and, uh, of course, I've, I'm, a, I'm a former colleague with Ms. Potts. She and I worked in the English departments uh, together and had several uh, in-service meetings together, so I know her character and, and her approach to the job is, is, is second to none. So uh, I'm really excited about the upcoming year. I'm excited about the possibilities uh, of what can happen, but I'm also uh, excited about the realities of what is happening. And that's, uh, you know, just like you said, the goosebumps are going. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and that doesn't happen mid July with me in a radio show. Yeah. <laughs> mid July. It's mid July. You know, I'm an old football coach. This is about time we're getting cranked up anyway. So. Yeah. The band is starting to practice. Right. The football Mike, players are getting warmed up. Mike, I still have an English opening if you're. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So do I, Mike. <laughs> All right. We still have some job openings available at both of our schools, Columbia Central High School and Cox, that are on the radio today, Cox Middle School. Um, and Cox Middle School is a lot. A feeder to Central High School, right? Well, and that's one of the things I was going to talk about. Mr. Steele and Dr. Steele and I have, you know, had some brief conversations about planning for our future and how we can work together because the families in my school are the families in his school. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're really excited about working not just on the transition from middle school to high school, but also about how we can work in the community together to improve the lives of our students. And I understand when you actually did a live radio show here in WKOM on the um, what did they call that show? The Inside Middle Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. um, what a great show that was this morning. Listening to you and, and uh, Miss Sarah Elizabeth did a little history run for you and gave you some information that was really good. But you said something that you had you valued a lot: um, the arts and sports. 
okay, two big things in a school. Okay, the arts can be the band. I mean, I was a band guy. I know that we made a big difference and an impact in our school because we were at the pep rallies. We were at the football games. We got people riled up. We got them excited. But then on top of that, our athletic team was amazing. And then you take those two things, put them together, and the morale in the school just went through the roof. And so what do you see happening in arts and sports for Columbia Central High School? You already have a well, well-decorated band and a sports team that is I, – I get goosebumps thinking about the time they won the championship. I was there. It felt like it was – yeah, it felt like it was in slow motion. To this day, I still <laughs> remember this guy catching the ball and going, oh, my Lord, we're going you know, to win. And we won, and it was so amazing. The, the, yeah, you're getting the goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. She's like um, – so what are your what are your thoughts and your plans towards the arts and athletics at well, Central High School? I only have one state championship under my belt, and that's in track. And that's a different story, but it's an interesting story because at the time we didn't even have a track, and our team won the state championship in track. Which, that's impressive. Well, it should be a it should be a lifetime story at some point because uh, they went out and won a state championship without even having a track. Well, if it weren't for athletics, I would not probably have graduated high school myself. A very tumultuous uh, upbringing, uh, challenging, and just uh, you go into sports and, and it gives you something. And um, so, or you go into theater, or you go into band or chorus or whatever, and you it gives you something. You're you're a child, and you your brain's not even fully developed to capacity to where you can really make a lot of logical choices about your future. And then, so you we rationalize what we need. And so, if, if a child gets up and says, "I've got to be at band practice," say, "But I really don't want to go to school per se and do all that work, but I will because I want to go to band practice, and I want to then I want to go to travel, and then I want to uh, win a state championship in football." And so, so many of our kids, so many of our kids. Um, come to school for those reasons. And um, so I want to make sure that we are, again, and when I say I don't like to lose, just call my brothers or sisters. Uh, I don't like to lose. <laughs> I And and now as I am a little bit older, I, I love seeing our kids be successful. And so um, just hired a fantastic, uh, so excited about our new band, co-band director with Miss Sarah. Um, and then We've got a Hall of Fame football coach. I just hired a future Hall of Fame basketball coach and his wife. So excited about them being um, on the team. So many great hires in the last four weeks, Jack. That um, I mean, I think it, we started with thirty-nine openings, and now we're down to a handful. So that says a lot about our. Yeah, yeah I'm happy about that, and uh, I'm looking forward to having some applicants after they listen to this show because they want to be a part of something exciting there you go if you're looking for a job visit murrayk12.org go to the hr and careers section of there and look for a job at cox middle school or central high school or any school in our district i know we've been doing really well on hiring um and i just got a message from uh transportation we had put some stuff out in the social media and all calls and stuff about um, needing bus drivers, and he filled the majority of his position. So oh, that's awesome. we had 23 openings, and I think he's down to maybe half that or less. Good. Good. So he was real happy with that and had a big Good. thank you to say, hey, let's let's push it out one more time maybe here right before school starts and get it ready to go. Well, I'm being told we got to let our sponsors speak, so we'll be back with the Big Yellow School Bus with Dr. Steele and Miss Potts in just a moment. 
Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. We always get the question, what is Caledonian? And that's easy. We're a full financial services firm. Who's Caledonian? Well, that's a little more interesting. Monty Sneed has an economics background. Marianne Stevick worked in human resources. Daisy Cook comes from the banking world. Gay Pike was an accountant. And Thomas Sneed has science and business degrees. Finally, I'm Janice Reed, and I was a teacher. Together, we make up Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. Have you seen this? Men compete in women's sports. Democrats place them on a pedestal. They steal medals from our girls. Thousands in scholarship money. Meanwhile, Democrats ban AR-15s rather than men from women's sports. Representative Scott Zapicki has had enough. He knows what's right. He sponsored the bill banning men from girls' sports. He helped pass constitutional carry in Tennessee. Zapicki, what's right for Tennessee? Paid for by the committee to elect Scott Zapicki, Ken MacArthur Treasurer. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at parksmotorsales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Are you suffering from knee pain despite trying usual medications and injections? If this is you, I have great news. Most common causes of knee pain are degeneration due to aging, injury, or repeated stress. In our office, we offer decompression for the knee, which increases range of motion and decreases pain in arthritic and degenerative knees. Studies have shown that this type of mechanical traction can be more effective than conventional methods alone. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call me painfree.com or 615-551-9224. Hi, I'm Sheila Butt, former business owner and state representative running for mayor because we need strong leadership. We don't want CRT, higher taxes, unchecked growth, and unconstitutional mandates. We want safe communities and great schools. I appreciate the endorsement of the Murray County Republican Party, but I know that the most important endorsement is your vote of trust. Together, we will control growth and preserve the things that we love about Murray County. Paid for by the committee to elect Sheila Butt, Jacob Love Treasurer. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. 
Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show and podcast on 101.7 FM WKOM. Brought to you by community partner, Caledonian Financial. Thank you for your support for the community, Caledonian. We appreciate it immensely. All right, Coach, let's get down to some business here. With Let's talk with Miss Potts a little bit about, thank you, uh, Dr. Steele, for giving us that very invigorating and very heartfelt um, welcome to Mary County. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I really learned something. Uh, I think it was about a couple months ago. I was talking to Miss Potts, and she was in the middle of something called Teaching with Love and Logic. And I said, wow, that sounds really cool. And so now you've been trained in this, and would you share with our listening audience anything you want about your school also sure. at the, in, that you wanted to share? I know during the break, we need to have a um, Beyond the Bus segment. When we talk during the <laughs> breaks, we, do, we talk so many great things. And so I'd start taking notes during breaks just to remember some of the great things we talk about. Maybe we can bring them up. But anyway, Ms. Potts, please tell us a little bit about this program teaching with love and logic okay um it's actually it, it has been around for a long time you know a few decades now it's it's nothing new um but i remember when i first read the book teaching with love and logic um i was still in the classroom at central high school actually and it absolutely changed the way i taught it changed my outlook on and made me a better teacher and helped me even enjoy my job that much more. Um, and I wanted to share that with my faculty because I also think it it, may, it gave me happier students. Um, there, the the program that I was using this year breaks Love and Logic down into nine separate modules. Okay, uh, just nine for lack of a better word, just ways of looking at classroom management, classroom discipline, and how we talk with our students. Okay. Uh, so it's not a management program. It's it's more about changing adult behaviors in an effort to get, get from the students what we need from them. Um, for example, the very first unit is neutralizing student arguing. Um, and this is a good place for me to say that there's a companion book to this called Parenting with Love and Logic. Um, so lots of my teachers had actually read the parenting book but had not read the, read the teaching book. But there are lots of similarities. So anyone who's ever been a parent of a child, especially a preteen, um, middle schools, they're fun. They're fun. We've got 10 through 13 year olds. And my granddaughter's 12. And yes. And if you've ever met one of them, they've got arguing down to a science. And if they can get an adult into an argument, they can keep us off what we need to be doing all day long. So there's specific training in how to keep students from arguing and keep yourself from getting pulled into that argument. Uh, I don't need to read this with my granddaughter because I have to just say, this is no longer up for discussion, but she continues. So. <laughs> she continues because you continue. Right. Uh, so the, the technique that they teach us in that is just to go brain dead. When a child starts arguing, you just you stop. You can't engage at all. Um, so it, the teachers have had a fun, fun time with this. We've actually mm-hmm. done two separate sessions of trainings this summer, um, three days each. 
And um, so I had about 20 teachers in each one of those trainings. They have had so much fun with this, and but doing some real good reflection also on what we've been doing that may not have been working so well. Um, the one thing that I try to remind them is that when a child can pull us into an argument, not only do we take their dignity when we raise our voice to them, but it also takes away our dignity. And by, by keeping everything on an even keel, it's much easier to stay focused on what we're trying to get accomplished in the classroom. Um, but it doesn't put that child into that fight or flight mode by, by feeling like he has something he has right. to prove. And I say he generically, of right. course. Um, but so again, so I've, I've done six days of this training this summer. Um, and my teachers have actually, asked about the idea of doing the parenting with love and logic if there were any parents who were um, who were interested so during my monthly coffee with the principal and you and I've talked about that before mm-hmm. I am going to you know each month just you know bring out you know just a couple of little suggestions on um, on how to be I'm, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully mm-hmm. here because I don't ever want a parent thinking that I'm telling them how to parent their child right. because that's not it. Um, but children can be difficult. They have difficulties that they need adults to help them through. So the love and logic, is it just gives us some really good um, skills to be able to help our children more. That is very cool. And you said there was about nine mm-hmm. steps there. If you want to just kind of go through them real sure. quickly so we get a little understanding of what kind of program this is that sure. you're offering your teachers. So the first is neutralizing student arguing. The second one is delaying consequences. And I know that kind of goes against what a lot of us were taught when we were in college. Um, the, you know, the, Everyone would say, you know, there has to be an immediate consequence. The problem with an immediate consequence is... I'm going to be coming at that consequence in a reactionary way. And, you know, if a child is throwing something across the room, I'm going to issue a consequence in anger because I'm a human. I'm going to be upset about that. So a delayed consequence gives the teacher time to come at it in a calm manner, but it also gives the student time to think about it. You don't ignore it. You just say, we're going to have to deal with that. Hmm. Now, don't worry about it. We'll get back to it. So don't worry. Um, and it gives them, you know, they've got to think about that. Yeah, I was uh, going to say that time is thinking about it. It's like, hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that was a tactic, you it, know, I've been used for years on yes. several teachers. I was yes. kind of like, okay, calm it down. Uh, you and I will have a conference after class, but that, let's go on. Yeah. You know, and. Exactly. And, and that's another thing to say. There's nothing in this that's new that we haven't heard right. before. It just takes a lot of that theory and things that we've read and brings it into some actual practical action steps. Cool. What's the next one? The next one is just empathy. Uh, Always remembering whatever we do, whatever conversation we have with a child, you have to have empathy for the child. Now, that doesn't mean sympathy. You know, you don't. I mean, we we understand that we have students who have difficult lives. You know, they they may not have they may not come to school with a good night's sleep. They may have um, uh, for whatever they bring to school during the day, it may not be 
something that makes it easy for them to focus and concentrate. We empathize with that while still holding them to high standards, both academically and behaviorally. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's you're walking a, a fine line sometimes with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, four is is a recovery process, and it's going to look different in every school, but it's. Sort of, as a parent, we would use timeout, and that's difficult to do in a classroom of 30 students. So recovery is an actual planned way of sending a child somewhere else just to get themselves back together. It's not punitive. It's not ISS. It's not kicked out because of whatever. It's, I think you need a few minutes to just get yourself together. So our teacher teams are working together to have specific chairs set up in their rooms where a child from another class can just come. And as soon as he or she feels that, they, that they're back together, then they go back to class. Interesting. Because we want them in class for every good minute that they have. Right. And the last thing we want is to be punitive when, you know, by the time the child could walk down to the office and get to ISS, they're already okay. Right. So it's it's less about punishing behaviors as it is changing behaviors. I like that. Um, Hopefully th- that continues to work well. Uh, we've got lots of, of really good plans in place for Cox this year. All right. Uh, and different supports for our students. Uh, the fifth one, and this is, to me, the basis of the whole program, and it's developing the student relationships. Yeah. And... Uh, the the author of the book Jim Fay and then his son Dr. Charles uh, Fay they really harp on this and remind us that without those relationships we can have all the tips tricks of the trade none of it matters if the students don't know that we care about them I, I find that interesting you say that because my my daughter's a teacher and I've, mm-hmm. I've shared that many times on the show. And when you go visit her during the school year, you have to learn about at least two or three (laughs) students while you're visiting because she's going to share with you that relationship she's built with her students. Absolutely. Because it becomes so important to her during the school year that she's like, oh, let me tell you about Joe. Joe is one of my fifth graders that comes in and she'll give you this whole little history about Joe. She won't know that last name, of course, Mm -hmm. but she'll tell you all these cool things about him and what she's learned from him. Is interesting because she says, I learn a lot from my kids, Absolutely. even though I'm teaching them. Absolutely. And fostering those relationships seems to be really important. I think there's also uh, something I learned, uh, you know, right after the Columbine situation, uh, you know, and we were sitting in, and we're, we're, we're giving some guidelines on some stuff. One of the things I learned to do in establishing as much of a relationship as I could with hundreds of kids, you know, you can't really get too deep. You know, you just don't have time was making as much eye contact as I could with as many students as I could in the hallway, in between classes. You know, even if it was just a nod, it was eye to eye. Hey, you know, I see you. I acknowledge you. Yes. I, you know, hope you have a good day. And that's actually and move on. one of and, their suggestions for how to form those relationships. And then, you know. Uh, it also allowed me to scan the situation. And, Absolutely. Okay, I've seen this kid now for two weeks every day in the hallway. Something looks different. Exactly. You know, and that was my little red, you know, my little yellow flag that says, okay, let's let's chase this a little bit and see what's going on. And we could head off a lot of problems that way. And it it helped me establish some of the, you know some of the closer relationships, but it also I think gave me a little bit more personal. 
touch with the kids. Uh, I wasn't, you know, they weren't just a number to me. They weren't just a you know line on the crate book and, and stuff. And I, I, it worked a lot better than I ever dreamed it would. It's something so simple, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And the their method is it's uh, a smile, eye contact, and touch. And you know, I mean, some children, you can touch them on the shoulder. They're perfectly fine. Others don't like that. Right. And you just have to learn what's good, what's okay for each child. But they will say, you know, as they're coming into the classroom, a fist bump, an elbow bump, a high five, whatever that mm-hmm. is. But that if you will do that, make the eye contact, smile when you're doing it, that those three things settle a child. Um and it makes it easier to That's have those relationships What's the next with them. Uh, setting limits okay. with enforceable statements. Because so many times we set limits, but we can't back it up. Because when I tell a child to uh, keep your hands to yourself, stop touching each other, Again, if you've ever been around children, you know they're going to get just as close to that other kid beside them as they can. I'm not touching anybody. So the the enforceable statements means it has to be what I do, not what you do. You can't, if you just say, turn your homework in on time, okay, you, you can't make them do that. What you can say is, for your homework that's on time, put it in this box. I'll grade this tonight. For the late work, put it here. I'll grade it sometime. Uh oh. So you know, if they want the grade, if if they There's need that grade there, to play yeah. football to show their parents, but what I can control is what I can do. Right. So you know, you, so enforceable statements means what I will do. An old uh, an old statement that we were as coaches we were taught. Don't make a promise you can't keep. It, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. What's your next one? So the next one is um, using choices to prevent power struggles. And again, you know, we're taught choices uh, all the time. But what we have to remember is one of those choices can't be a threat. So the choices have to be two choices that you're, as the teacher, or as the parent, you're fine whichever one they choose. Right. So one's not a bad one, one's not a good one. It's just choices. And one of my teachers actually came in the morning after we had uh, talked about this, and she says, oh, my gosh, this works. She got (laughs) home, her three-year-old and her husband, and she said, I could tell when I walked in, they had been going at it. Uh Uh-oh. And she said, what's going on? And he's, he won't pick up his toys. And so she's thinking, okay, I'm going to try this. She says, all right, so do you want to pick up your toys now, or do you want to pick them up in two minutes? And he's like, two minutes. So she says, okay, I'll set a timer. And she set the timer on her phone, and it went off, and he came and picked up his toys. <laughs> it wasn't, do you want help? I mean, it, but it's uh, those kinds of choices. She didn't care if he did it now or did it in two minutes. As but he long committed as, to the choice. But he so committed he to it. the choice, it's so he had control. I'm going to use that on my grandson next time. I hope he's listening to the show so he'll know that I'm going to be doing that next time. Because I'd be like going down to his room. I'm like, now my grandkids all have a room in my home, okay? Oh, I so love when that. they spend the weekends, they have Marvel. He's a Marvels and Lego guy. So, um, But when it's time to go home, he, I look at his room and I go, hey, um, you are going to clean that. So before you go home, it'll be nice and clean when you come back. Sure. You know, he need, he delays it. So give him two options. Well, you can either clean it now or in five minutes. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. 
Do you use that soft voice when you step on a Lego? Cause not- <laughs> oh, <laughs> we don't want to know about that voice. Not no. on the radio. People in their cars would be going, whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, actually, my grandson, and I like to brag on him, he is so talented. He is in at Withorn. He's a uh, sixth grader. And he will. we will buy Legos kits to make something that are designed for teenagers and above. And he'll knock it out of the park in just a matter of hours. He's he's so good engineering, yes. like how he sees it, 3D and everything. So kudos to him. He's really great at that. Okay, well, let's go to your next step. Uh, so um, the eighth step is the, using preventative um, interventions. And, and this, it, it just goes back to Classroom Management 101. It's proximity. You can change a lot of behaviors with a look. With just being near a student, you can, and the whole point is that you prevent it so that you don't have to consequence it. You're taking care of the little things before they become big things. Um, It's a good plan. It it is. It's, you know, so if I have a kid who's getting a little bit antsy, Mm -hmm. I can go and quietly say, hey, do you need to go sit in the calming corner? Do you? And, and by calming corner, uh, most of our classrooms they have just a, a separate little seat with some fidgets or things, right. um, uh, calming jars where they can just kind of watch glitter and and just mentally get themselves back together. Um, whereas if I don't address that, if it, before long he's going to be causing problems for other people in the class. Mm-hmm. And bottom line, with love and logic, that's. The basic classroom rule. Okay. Don't cause a problem for anyone else in the room. Um, and that takes care of just about every rule we've ever – that I can remember when I was younger, I would have like 32 steps of things you could not do in my classroom. Right. But every one of them boiled down to causing a problem for other people. Right. Um, so we were talking about empathy and teachers – Addressing students with empathy, but we also have to help our students learn empathy for one another. And and I know this is going down a whole whole other rabbit hole, but I think that's one thing that COVID <coughs> has hurt our children with. Yeah. They spent so they spent so much time alone, even when they were you know we were back in school, but they were doing remote. They have forgotten how to be together. They've forgotten how to address each other. And uh, that, that is a big push of our faculty this year, is trying to help them learn how to be empathetic with, with one another. Yeah, and this, this previous school year we just finished was a learning lesson almost because Absolutely. of the, the separation Yes, and the anxiety of being separated. So, um, I like this program a lot, and um, we got about two minutes. How many steps? Did one, you more. Have to, one, one more. One more. And one minute left. And it's just about helping students solve their own problems. That we don't have to take care of every need they have, and when we do, we're telling them that they need us. That they can't make it without us. When what we need to be doing is teaching them that they can take care of their own problems. They can. They really can. And they are so smart for troubleshooting and stuff. So great, great segue. I love that. I love that program. But we are going to take a break and get a word in from our sponsors. And we'll be back with the Big Yellow School Bus in just a moment. 
Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Recent Supreme Court rulings remind us how important it is who serves as a judge. Republican Chris Sockwell is the experienced conservative we need to keep on the bench. Judge Sockwell has served in circuit court since 2018 and has 25 years experience in private practice. He believes in a strict interpretation of the law as written. Judge Sockwell supports the Constitution, including the Second Amendment. Experienced, conservative. Keep Judge Chris Sockwell working for us. Paid for by the Sockwell Circuit Judge Committee, Jan McKeel, Treasurer. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Let's talk custom design jewelry. Did you know Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia creates custom design jewelry and has been for over 30 years? From one-of-a-kind engagement rings to wedding bands and so much more. We want each piece to be as unique as you are and create a family heirloom for tomorrow. Call today and make an appointment with one of our designers. And just for calling, you will receive a free 30-minute consultation. Tillis Jewelry, creating custom jewelry proudly in Tennessee. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hands-on Murray County government experience. That's what I bring to you, the voters of Murray County. I'm Charlie Norman, candidate for Murray County Mayor. A county mayor must be ready from day one to assume the office and work for all the people of Murray County. We need a plan for growth and be good stewards of your tax dollars. Open and honest communication is an important part of my overall plan. With your help, we can achieve this goal. I'm Charlie Norman, and I would appreciate your vote for Murray County Mayor. Paid for by the committee to elect Charlie Norman, Lyndall B. Fox, Treasurer. Hey, this is Brenda Lynn Allen, and you are tuned in to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on po- and podcast on 101.7 FM WKOM. Wow, what a great show. Getting to meet Dr. Steele here today and getting to learn about the Love and Logic program that Tanya has rolled out at Cox Middle School. You know, there's something magic going on right here when I'm talking to you guys, because during the break, you mentioned something. I said, is there anything you'd like to talk about? So I'm going to just let you, Dr. Steele, tell the listening audience what you would like to do in this upcoming school year. Well, I just like to take a common sense approach to success. And uh, just one small, could be magnificent facet to that is engaging with the feeder schools that are coming to Central. Having a central high school presence in the feeder schools, including elementary, 
if possible, and then having a, a middle school presence at Central High School. So you're talking about face-to-face interactions. Absolutely. I'm talking about field trips. I'm talking about engaging. I'm talking about maybe uh, finding a way to get uh, your some of your eighth graders to, to take a course or to be in the school so uh, it's not so unfamiliar to them when they transition into a high school. What that does is that lets that uh, fourth grader know that if they stay in this community, we hope they do, that they can go to a school where there's going to be engagement and they can be excited about it. Uh, excitement, we've got to keep the excitement in our schools. It's got to be a place where students want to be. Um, I didn't like uh, going to any of my pro. I mean, I, I, I always wanted to do something fun, but I had to do the papers and I had to read the books and all that kind of stuff. And we all did. But... If we can engage our students and, and get them excited about coming, I think that this would be very, very helpful doing that. I think you're right on that because my granddaughter, who transitioned from elementary school into with our middle school, scared, so scared, never walked into school. I mean, yeah, they had an orientation right before school started, but she had no idea what it was going to be like. And, you know, she's done well. She transitioned really well. But, man, if she'd have had that opportunity to have some interaction – with students at that level that are that are students that are wanting to have that interaction, you, know, you obviously not every student is going to want to be a part of the program like that. But when you do get the ones that want to, that's going to be great. Well, Miss Poss was talking about her cheerleaders. I mean, I I want to I want her cheerleaders to come up and be with ours and and go to and be invited to the camps, and then maybe our cheerleaders can go down and, and behind their cheerleaders support them. It's like. A, it's like you'll start singing when somebody else starts singing. Yeah. So maybe their cheerleaders will go, okay, I've got support behind me with these senior cheerleaders or high school cheerleaders. And Growing then, people emotionally. I love it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, what I was saying about the cheerleaders, uh, they've never, because of COVID, the whole group of cheerleaders I have right now have never even seen a pep rally. And then, you know, here in a couple of weeks, they're going to have to lead one. So, uh I would love to kind of co-opt somehow exactly what he's saying and, and get some help from the high school girls. Plus, I think that makes the uh, it makes the middle school cheerleaders feel special and feel feel noticed. You know, as a parent, and I'm thinking about what you guys are talking that you would love to do. If I've received a permission slip to my ch- child to go to the middle school or the high school to learn more about something that they were interested in, I'd be like signing that and going, "Yeah, do you need money? Let's go." Yeah, Let's absolutely. do this because it's going to benefit both sides of the house. Okay. Absolutely. The interaction from the older student to the younger student, that's magical. Um, if you visit one of our three unit schools, you will see it mm-hmm. where they actually do this on a regular basis because they're all in the same building. So why not have it at our feeder schools that aren't in the same building? I really like this idea. And hopefully you'll be able to do that this year and, and give some students the opportunity to learn like that. Oh, we're going to do it, uh, Jack. Um, we're going to have eighth grade nights at games and whatnot. So cheerleaders band yeah. come up and play with our band and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's going to happen. We're just going to make it happen. Like it. And Miss Cox is, or Miss <laughs> Potts, Miss Cox, Miss Potts. I'll take it. Uh, either one. She's over there shaking her head. Yes. And I think she's actually excited about that opportunity, too. Absolutely. So we have a feeder school getting ready to come into central high school and you have a large percentage of people that go to central high school and this would benefit them so much right and man i can't say enough how much i like that Uh, coach what do you think about that yeah uh, well again i my last nine years was at at a unit school and so this was a almost a 
it wasn't a daily thing, but it was something that was just, you know, you just walk down the hallway. Yeah, you were at Kalioka, right? Yeah, I was at Kalioka, and uh, I was a high school teacher, but I was a middle school coach. Mm-hmm. And so when the kids came, actually came up into my classroom, they'd had, you know, the guys that had played ball with me had, had some interaction with me. Mm-hmm. But we regularly had, you know, of course, all our faculty meetings right. were, were together. So, again, we did talk about what was expected, what what did we need coming up, and all that stuff. Uh, sometimes made for some long faculty meetings, but... Uh, <laughs> I remember those. I, I taught for 11 years at Hampshire, so... Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that interaction back and forth uh, at Cullioka, we, we took a lot of pride in that interaction. And, you know, we, we called it the Cullioka family. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. the, the big brothers and the little brothers and the big sisters and the little sisters. And, and, uh, uh, and so... If you can cultivate that between campuses, yeah, that's you know, that's the within right a building, it was, yeah. real, it was fairly easy. Yeah, you know, between Let's, campuses, that's that that takes some coordination. It's going to take some time. I don't know how much time through. we have left, but I'd like to talk about the three A's: academics, athletics, and arts. How important is it to the high school to have these feeder schools bringing in these talented students? You know, in athletics, arts, academics. Well, talent's great if he, if they come up talented, but if they come up passionate, it's better. Passionate, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. passionate. Uh, you know, how do you evaluate uh, talent uh, to that level in the middle school? But you can evaluate passion and just desire. Uh, but when you talk about that, I really want – I'm hoping more so that um, the foundation of academics is laid. Uh, mm-hmm. When uh, eighth graders transition up into ninth graders – uh, Central currently has an 82% graduation rate, which uh, across the nation is respectable, but it's not good enough for Columbia Central. We need to be better than that. There you go. And so just uh, diving into the data, making sure the data is clean, making sure the academic foundation is laid, that number will improve. Well, I've heard Lisa Ventura say it, and it all starts with the academics early on. Absolutely. So we're about out of time here on the Big Yellow School Bus, and we want to thank you for joining us and listening today. But we're going to go ahead and do our traditional shout-outs. And so we're going to get the first shout-out from somebody that's never been on the show and never done a shout-out. So, Dr. Steele, would you give us a shout-out, please? I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to shout-out to the Lion Nation. Just glad to be here. Glad to be part of this uh this history. Uh, then I want to shout out to my daughter, McKaylee, and her uh, beautiful little baby who is probably going to be born today or tonight. Awesome. Uh, Congratulations. Congratulations. My fifth grandchild. Shout out to AJ, Sophia, Jordan, twin, my twin grandbabies, and AJ, my grandson. And then uh, to my Brooklyn B, who's my son and his wife's new baby. She's five months old. So uh, Teddy might be born today. Uh, my wife and uh, younger daughter out in Vegas right now, uh, supporting her and her husband. And uh, I've been alone for a week, and it's really troubling, Jack. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to do if they have to stay out there longer. But shout out to them. I love them. I'm so excited to, to have another grandson and um, just ask God to, to bless her. Thank you, Dr. Steele. What a great shout out. Ms. Potts? Um, I'm going to start with a shout out to my entire faculty. They are uh, they are working hard this summer. They are they've tried their best to be in the building, even when I couldn't let them be in the building. Uh, they're excited for this year. They're excited to be around each other. Um, 
and there it's it's going to be an awesome year it will be an awesome year coach i'm going to go out of order here because i want to say something real quick he's looking at me like what i just want to make my shout out to my granddaughter kate and she had a lemonade stand and she made three hundred dollars and it was a hundred degrees out and she oh donated God. half of that to the animal shelter that is awesome shout out cadence you're awesome coach all right I, i'm gonna pat it back give a pat on the back to somebody here that really deserves it Jack. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> now what I do? Represented Murray County Public Schools in Chicago at a yeah. national convention of uh, school communications directors, I guess. Yes. I don't know all the titles and stuff. But he gave several workshops and stuff on how we put this show together. On uh, you know, the, From producing it down to broadcasting it and how we get it out. And from what I understand, did a great job of representing Murray County Public Schools. So congratulations. Thank Hope you. Hope you had a great trip. I'm, it was I'm, I'm hearing good things a yeah. lot about it. Very receptive uh, team of people listening. In fact, uh, you had a table of 10 and I usually had 15 to 20 standing around me. So it was a great time. But it, and a great and it's also a pat on the back to Jack for you know, being recognized nationally for what we do. Yeah, we taught them so. a few things while we were up there from little old Columbia, Tennessee. <laughs> well, that's it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Steele, Ms. Potts, and, of course, Coach Lyle. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM.